And there's so much more than we're used to seeing. So we've got this incredible omnivorous predatory prey animal awarenesses as humans that we're not tapping into. And it's full of information about how to take care of ourselves and how to operate with others and in our environment. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on shifts that makes an epic difference in our lives and at work. I'll introduce our guest today, who's someone I actually recently met, but I feel like I've known her a lifetime, which is quite rare, and why I asked her to come onto the podcast. I totally admire the work that she does, and I'm honored to have her on the show. Beth Killo is the owner of Circle Up, an experience an experiential consulting firm which provides leadership training and cultural development to corporations, universities, teacher groups, first responders, which we need right now, and nonprofit organizations. CircleUp's trained thousands of leaders all over the country and has designed long-term culture programs to transform workplace relationships. But that's not actually just what makes it unique. She's a lifelong cowgirl, writer, professor, and licensed psychotherapist, and she has 20 years of experiential work with people to awaken their innate leadership gifts so they, they, they can live into more authentic relationships. Kind of sounds familiar to the work that we do here. And Circle Up's model of natural leadership and experiential learning is with horses, and it integrates human psychology, animal behavior, and natural systems to offer a unique approach to personal and professional development. And I could keep going on and on about all these wonderful things about how it's been on BBC Worldwide Service and on PBS television show. And we're going to talk about all these little interesting, unique things that makes the animal spirit come alive. Beth, thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, well, we had a conversation, I think it was within the last week, and it just knocked me over with the stuff that you were telling me and the work that you were doing in the world. And I I just knew that we needed to get your voice out, at least to to my audience, to our audience, and to have this this work uh, out there in the world a little bit more. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to jump right in and ask you about, as you know, this this show is about shifts. So I want to talk to you about one or two shifts in your life that made a difference to where you now are today. Sure. I think um, I'm a big fan of rock bottom. And the power of hitting these moments where we are inspired um, oftentimes through big wake-up experiences to transform and develop and grow. And those have been the biggest shifts in my life have been these like rock bottom squeeze points where it's like this crucible of change and um and there's no there like there's there's no going backwards. And so what happened, I think one of my favorite ones that relates to my work is when I, I finally realized that the, the human development piece and the the therapy I was doing and the work I was doing with people 
really needed to be done um, with my freak flag fully flying um, out at my ranch and in nature and with the horses. And, um, and I had to push myself out of my fear that that was not going to be accepted or it was going to come across as too weird, but that I knew that this animal piece was essential to the kind of work that that I wanted to be doing with people because it was essential to my own process. So when I moved to my ranch, it completely transformed me. And I knew that by having experiences out here with me and with the animals and, you know, in, in human groups that, um, that those, some of those transformations were going to be possible for people that I work with. I'm so curious about the decision and what made it possible for you to do that. It's so funny. It wasn't. It it was a. It was a lot of things that started coming my way, and me being awake enough to see that there were these open doors. And so the ranch became. It was a place that I was already familiar with, and and it became a, available for me to purchase. And it wasn't until I was standing on it mm. at, with ownership that I realized that this was the place that I'd been dreaming of. And the shift that happened inside of me was to finally own. It was like I owned the land and I owned a part of myself. There was like an inner land that all of a sudden I stood in, in that moment. Like I know exactly where I was standing in that moment. And I think we have to start looking for those moments because they're there. Now that I know how to look for that, they're everywhere. There's these signposts that were on the right track or that these... these opportunities are opening up. But if we're caught in that busy disease, we can't see them. And so that was one of those big openings. But now I'm in the habit of just looking for them everywhere. And they're, they're beautifully, consistently occurring all day long. So that's really one of the things that I help people get an awareness of in their own lives. Well, you almost just threw me a great softball. Like how, (laughs) (laughs) next question, (laughs) how do you get awareness of that? It doesn't sound like it's like you, you go find some dirt, stand on it and go, "Mm, that doesn't feel right. Like it's like, is, is there, how do you help people do that? So I have this memory, um, from when I was about four years old of, observing for whatever reason, there was like this exquisite moment where I was observing humans doing human things. And I was observing the dogs I grew up with doing dog things. And it was like this turning point of focus where the human piece made zero sense and seemed very off kilter and out of balance. And the dog piece drew me in. And for the rest of my life, I have been drawn in to to the part of me that is a human animal. And I found the most, most of my lessons, even though I sought out lots of traditional education and degrees and licenses and all of that, most of my real education has come from from being learn really learning to take care of my human animal, the mammal part of me. And so that's the first piece that we work on is what do you do with your animal so that mm. you can learn a new part of awareness. And we so we do a practice of settling in and taking 
your human animal for a walk. And that is not about mindfulness. It's about taking your nervous system and all that you notice and all that you observe and giving it space to come alive. And the more we do that, the more we see. And there's so much more than we're used to seeing. So we've got this incredible omnivorous predatory prey animal awarenesses as humans that we're not tapping into. And it's full of information about how to take care of ourselves and how to operate with others and in our environment. So the biggest shift, and it's, it's like, what's one small thing? That is the thing. And it's small and it's giant at the same time. And so it's, it's funny to talk about it in those terms because it's like, well, this small shift, it'll just kind of rock your world. <laughs> but it is the littlest thing because it's right there. It's just right there below the surface. Wow. Um, you know, this makes me think of a time when I did a 24-hour med- uh, silent um, meditation. And that was... Uh, I have a friend that actually did 30 days and I'm like, how in the heck did you do that? Um, because 24 hours was hard. But this yeah. sounds... You said not meditative, but... Um, something different, and I can't, I can't quite comprehend. Like, what's that different? And and you're standing next to an animal. How has that changed the behavior of your being? So sometimes it is standing next to an animal, but oftentimes, you know, the thing about meditation, which I love, and we do a lot of meditation work here at the ranch. And um, but the thing about taking your like really familiarizing yourself and acquainting yourself and becoming an, an ally with your human animal is that it wants to do lots of exploring. It, and it, and, and it, it's more interactive. And, so, um, and sometimes what feels good is to sit quietly. But some, sometimes what feels good is to look and observe and um, interact with. And so that's, you know, you'll watch children. <laughs> if you think about the child part of us, it's very connected. Our children are very connected to their natural leadership because they don't have any of the judgment or adult expectations that have been layered on top of it. So they're very interactive with their environment. And so the difference is that, and, and the reason why we do this work with animals is because they hold us to that natural leadership piece because they only want to interact with the human animal. So when we start to go off track into the human mind and ego, which we, we need and we want to integrate, they, they give us gentle feedback, but honest feedback that we've strayed. And so what we're looking for is trying to do a bit of both. We want to be using our thinker and our, our emotional selves and the part of us that's able to strategize and innovate. But we also want to bring this grittier part of us to the table. And the animals bring that out in us. Wow. It's so interesting to think that there is a side to us that, and I make this up in my head because I ha- obviously I haven't, I haven't done the experience yet, but um, that the animal will only trust that side of us. And how do we bring that? How do, how do you bring that out? How do you grab onto that piece of us that, that is that animal side? So in the moment that the animal, that the 
the equine animal or canine animal, or sometimes it's sheep because I do have sheep here also. It depends on what animal shows up in that moment, but it's often horses. At the moment that that animal gives the feedback, the the I see that happening and we can call attention to that with whoever, you know, with the client, with, with whoever's around in that moment. And what we want to do at that point is to go inward and notice what did you, where did you abandon that part of yourself? Because getting other people to trust us is a really hard sell if we're not actually connected to our core self or to our own trust system. But human animals are the only mammals that follow unstable leadership. And so we're wandering around following people that don't even trust themselves. And so part of the work that we do is is really learning to notice where we stray from our own integrity when the animals show us so that we can start to get a feel for that and create a bit of discipline. And that's actually is a mindfulness piece to know when I've abandoned that part of myself so I can get back on track. It happens to me all day long. It's not that we can stay perfect in it. It's just we get much better at shaping it. The animals, will they're so immediate about their feedback because of their sensitivity. But the more we can hone this, we can, we can get that sensitivity back in ourselves. So I... I'm the same way. I can t- tell when we're off track with without the animal being there because I see us as animals and I'm like, oh, you know what? We need to we need to reset. And so I've just made it a practice of resetting, resetting, resetting for myself and in my relationships. Obviously, without going through the experience, it's a little hard to yeah. feel that or know that. But what's one thing that people can do, especially right now when they're in the middle of you know, a little bit of chaos or maybe even a lot um, going on around us here and especially the Bay Area or anywhere where there's maybe even fires or a pandemic or, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, so you can rest medicine. How can we, how can we identify maybe what's, a, what, what's one easier way to do that? So there's two elements that we talk about and teach in natural leadership, uh, the model that we work out of. And one of them is the concept of pressure and the other is the concept of pace. And in the world of other mammals and in nature, both pressure and pace, they're just natural elements in the world that, that have to do with how systems work and move. And humans don't talk about pressure until we're at overwhelm, until we're overheating. But our pressure system, which it lives in our nervous system, is actually very, very sensitive. And the more that we can start to tune into it, the more we can adjust as pressure builds. So pressure is needed in order to move things forward. And it's a good thing. But there's a point where it it starts to go into um, a place of tension and then stress and then pain and then it can go two directions. One is an explosion where the pressure blows. Um, and the other is um, numbness. And so, and that's like an implosion. And so we can start to notice what are the signs that my pressure system is building and to tune in on a, like a very basic level. Oh, I notice that my pace speeds up. I notice my tone changes. I notice that I can't, my focus 
shifts. I notice that, that my breath changes or I, my jaw gets tight. Or, and then how can I start to back up? The piece that we're not used to doing, and this is why we work with the animals, is we actually notice it and then we adjust. And this is where people are really interesting to me is because we override the signals in our own bodies that something new is needed. And so this is like the most basic element of self-care is getting to know your own pressure system and then making a radical decision that you're going to adjust all day long. Every day, all day. It's not like once a month I go get a massage (laughs) <laughs> it's literally like, where am I in that system so that I'm using pressure in a good way that moves me forward or resting until I can interact with it again? And so because there's not a single mammal on the planet that can live with a pressure system that's flooded without symptoms and disease. Oh my gosh. I think we could be on two more podcasts together talking about... because. <laughs> those it's it's like you're saying there's there are shifts happening almost every minute through your pressure system and you're regulating that to um, maintain a healthier lifestyle and by observing it 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 becomes a a much it becomes easier and better for you also in the long term which is so uh so amazing and i am blown away at at how we can regulate that um that that's where i think you know the the work needs to start from what i'm hearing it's kind of ironic cuz coming into this year my i usually pick a word this year it was two words be present um and then the pandemic hit and there was like buddhists were like all around the world were like yeah welcome um you know because we can't help but be present now so i just changed my word in march march april to uh, surrender because that's all we can do. We don't have control over anything. If that's that taught us anything here, how do you see um, that kind of that kind of surrender in the animal um, mind, or that kind of a behavior through what you're talking about, through the regulation of this pressure system and 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 being? Um, is it is there too much being? Is is it not enough? Like how do you how do you regulate that? I, the surrender piece really resonates with me because I think I fought for so long against the human animal part of me, that mammal part, rather than surrendering and befriending. And so I think so much of our suffering comes from not accepting that part of ourselves. And I know for me, I spent a couple decades trying to conform into a part of human living that actually just made me super anxious and stressed out <laughs> and then trying to find ways to numb that and which is a really hard that's a really hard pattern but i think it's one that a lot of people live in and so i think the surrender is really elemental like it's it's at a very base level which is and I think that's part of what this virus has done, which is that it has forced us to have to acquaint ourselves with that mammal self and to really be involved in this worldwide pause to start to look at ourselves and ask that question. And so I think the, the thing that I see a lot of people doing though, and, and it's still because surrender 
is part of the wrestling match, right? It's like the final stage of the wrestling match is when you finally, you know, I still see a lot of like, yeah, but and bargaining and like trying to get out of having to sit with ourselves. And, um, and it, all it does is prolong that process. <laughs> so I, I just, I think the lesson from the animals is that there really is such a commitment to a baseline level of comfort. And when that changes, what do I need to adjust to get back to it? And it's the adjusting um, that we... like. That's the part that we seem to not be willing to do. We, we get really dug in, I think, as a species around thing, not wanting to make the adjustments. And then we just lie to ourselves that we're okay. I, this is so. I'm, this is kind of where I think we could leave off. There's something in there. There's such a great nugget of of seeing something. So that that's the blind spot. Yes. Of what we don't see in ourselves, of what we need to adjust. Yes. And, and it's seeing like that giant blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to end with that in in how to see and and. It, it it is one of the reasons why I think coaches and leaders like yourself exist because they can help you spotlight those blind spots. Um, how do you see blind spots being opened up? I mean, we have to shine a light on them, and we have to make a decision to keep shining a light on them. They'll always come back, and I think um, it's there. The if we know that a blind spot exists, or we have an assumption that everyone has one. And there, and, and the, the good news is that most of them, there's only so many themes of blind spots, right? This is a pretty core one for people that we're talking about. And even if you just took this idea of pressure, that pressure in our nervous systems is a blind spot for the human animal. So what if you just made a decision to shine a light on it for a few days to see if noticing where you, your pressure is in your nervous system and making some adjustments. What if you did that and you realized, wow, this is a blind spot that I can actually I can account for. This is one I can take care of. This doesn't have to be a blind spot. This can, be, this can have a, some light shine, sh- you know, shining on it in a way that doesn't create a hardship but actually makes life easier. Well, Beth, like I said, we could, there's so much, there's so much goodness in everything that we just talked through. I love what you said. I'm, I know for the next few days now, I'm going to be pressure regulating and it's just going to be interesting. So I can't wait I to share with you that. how that goes. Yes. Where can everybody find you? Um, the circleupexperience.com is the best place to find me. And then that links to all the other good stuff. So that's my website. And then my ranch is in Morgan Hill, California, and it's called Take a Chance Ranch. Love it. I cannot wait for everybody to uh, get more more intimate with what you do in the world. Thank you so much for sharing everything here and all your shifts and for just being being present and for meeting you recently. We're going to uh, have some fun here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.